0: In this week's parsha, Parashas Noyach, Perik Zayin, Pesach Zayin, Vayovoy Noyach Ubonov, Ve'ishtoy unishe'vonov, Itoy elateva mipnei mei ha-mabul. says, they started entering into the teva, there was a mabul, there was a lot of destruction going on in the world, and they entered into the teva. Rashi says, Noyach Ubonov, The men were separate, and the women were separate. Why? Says Rashi. Many other mafoshim, the ralbaga, la Torah. Also, it's not a time for a person to be busy in personal tanugim, in personal enjoyments, when the world is going through destruction. And therefore the men were separate, and the women were separate. They say, They say, they once bought him a beautiful chair, nice armrests, nice cushions. Rebbe, you're an old and elderly man, you need to sit in this chair. And he said, I cannot sit in this chair where Khlysrol are going through such a sorrow. We're going through a time, as we've spoken about previously, where Khlysrol, not only in Eritra, but around the world, are going through tremendous, tremendous sorrow. And we have to feel that sorrow. And not only do we have to feel the tzabah, we also have to do something about it. What can we do? What can we do that will actually be relevant? What can we do that will actually affect something? I spoke to a cousin of mine, Erev Shabbos. Not religious, never was religious. I spoke to him Erev Shabbos. He has two children, two eight-year-old children, a boy and a girl, who are currently missing. His father-in-law was shot dead in the Kibbutz and Berry, and his two children, eight-year-old children, were taken, and he has no idea where they are. Think for a moment, as a father, as a parent, what it means to have two eight-year-old children and you have no idea where they are, and you have no idea how they are, do you understand how painful that is? This person is not religious, I don't think he's ever opened up a Siddur in his life, and he said to me, Rabbi, please, daven for them, just daven for them, do whatever you can to daven and to pray for them, for their return, he said, deep down I know where they are. I know what's happened, but I, I don't want to believe it. Daven for them. This is someone who's not religious. I don't think he's ever opened up a siddur in his life. But he understands the koach of tefillah. He understands what tefillah can accomplish, what it can do. And it can do unbelievable things. I want to share with you some words that Rav Palm Zatzal said. Years ago in America, when Kalal Yisrael was going through a different Torah, he said the following. He said those that seem to harm us can be compared to the frogs in Mitzrayim by the Makov Tzvardaya. Said Rapam, we're all familiar with Chazal, that when they saw the frogs, or they saw the big frog, they started hitting the frog to try and destruct it, to try and get rid of it. It didn't work, it only worked in the reverse. And it started spitting out more and more frogs, what was one became two, two became four, four became eight. It was terrible. Hitting the frogs accomplished nothing for the Egyptians from Israim. It simply increased their suffering. Says said Rav Palm that so many times when there are tsaris in klaliusol and there are people that are trying to harm us, our first reaction is let's get them, let's kill them, let's hit them. Says Rav Palm that Lemaisa killing one terrorist it's just going to accomplish, there's going to be another one coming from a different direction. And you kill two over there, there'll be four from, from somewhere else. They're going to get us, they're going to want to destroy us. That's the Mitzias of Kalal Yisroel, that's the Mitzias of the world. But what did Parai learn? Says Rav listen to what Parai did, and maybe we can learn from that says Rav Pam you know what Parah did he realized that hitting and hitting the frog wasn't doing anything it wasn't accomplishing anything so you know what he did he called Moshe Rabbeinu in and he said pray for me get rid of the frogs even Parah understood that the only thing that's really going to help is Tzvila the only thing that's going to rid him of that which is destroying his country is Tzvila It says, Rav Pam if you want to get rid of the frogs, you dub them for it. Our salvation is not with the tanks. Yes, we need to do Ishtadlus, and we're doing Ishtadlus, and we've got incredible people out there doing Ishtadlus. But ultimately, we have to realize where the Yeshua is coming from, where it's going to come from. It's not going to come from the tanks. That's what the Metzius is of the world, that makes it look like it's Teva, like it's a normal thing to do, and we need to do Ishtadlus. It's important. But we have to realize, where is it coming from? It's coming from Tilla. If a non-religious man who understands that the only way of him getting his children back is through Tilla, then what do we understand about Tlah? Tell you When Yosef revealed himself to his brothers, so he falls on the neck of Binyamin, and he starts to cry. Binyamin, as we know, reciprocated and fell also on the neck of Yosef. Chazal tell us that Yosef cried because he saw the vision of the destruction of two Mikdosh that would be in the territory of Binyamin. And Binyamin cried about the destruction of the Mishkon, a chilo that would take place in the territory of Yosef. And the question is, why did they cry over the other, other one's loss? Why did they cry over their brother's loss and not their own loss. They had what to cry about themselves, but yet they cried about somebody else's loss. And the answer is that when the destruction is in, within our own boundaries, we have to roll up our sleeves and we have to work. Do your Hishtadas. But when the sorrow is in somebody else's land, it's somewhere else It's not within your Daladamas, then you have to weep, you have to cry, you have to try and do what you can, from where you are, to be able to save. We're doing our Heshtadlis. We've done our Heshtadlis. We've made tzitzis. We've made meals. Ba'ez we are going to continue to do so as well. But we also have to realize, even if we're not mummish there, we're not fighting the war in a physical way, but we're weeping from where we are. We're weeping over the loss. And we're weeping over Ba'ez Shem getting also the Yeshua. In 1967, there was an American Bokha learning in the She'er of Reb Nochem in the Me'i And it was pretty apparent at the time, 1967, there was going to be a war in Israel. So the Bacha came to Reb Nochem and he said, Rebbe, should I stay in Eretz Yisrael or should I go back to America where it's safe? And he asked the Rebbe, Reb Nochem, what to do? Reb Nochem thought about it a minute and he said, I want you to stay here because if you go back to America you're going to lose the opportunity to shtayik. This boy's parents didn't agree. They compelled him to come back to America. And he came back to America. Baruch Hashem, June 1967, there was a tremendous Yeshua, the Rabo Shalolam Nisim which we hope Baez Hashem to see Bekoi over here in Eretz Yisrael as well. He came back to Eretz Yisrael. The war was over. He came back to the yeshiva. And he came back to his Rebbe of Nachum, And he said, Rebbe, Rebbe, I want to tell you something. I know that you told me what you told me. There's nothing I could do about it. My parents told me. Give it over aim. I had no choice. But you should know, Rebbe. I continued to shtayk. I joined the yeshiva. I had sadorim. I learned pretty much the same sadorim that I did here and there in the me yeshiva. So I continued to shtayk. Nachum replied, you made a tremendous mistake. I didn't mean... Steiging in Gemara. I didn't mean steiging in your Torah. What I meant was steiging from the air raid sirens. What I meant was steiging from the fear of death. What I meant was steiging in the way that you become closer to the Rabbi Nishalana when you're a place of mulchama. That you lost out on. And Rabbi Sai, I say to every single one of you that is sitting here today, you guys are the greatest heroes of Yisrael. you didn't leave Eretz Yisrael, you didn't leave yeshiva you stayed in yeshiva to stag, to grow not only in the Torah not only in the Gemara and the Aruch, but also in your personal shteiging with your relationship with Hashem because when life is difficult and when things are tough and life doesn't exactly go the way that we want it to and the schedule of yeshiva and the way outside and I can't go here and I can't go there that causes us to stag. When we realise we don't know when the next missile is going to fall and where it's going to fall, Rachmanalitzlan, it could be anywhere, Chassv Shalom. When we realise that, hopefully our tefillah is a different tefillah, hopefully our Shmoneh Esra is a different Shmoneh Esra, our Nagel sits our, tzitzis, our Hopefully it's a bit different. That's the real steiging. Every single one of you that stayed here in the yeshiva, and by the way, that's every single boy in this yeshiva. You stayed here, why? Not because it's more fun over here. You stayed here for one purpose. Because this is where you're going to Steik. This is where you're going to accomplish the goal that you set out to accomplish when you came to Eretz Yisrael, when you came to this yeshiva. That is the most incredible thing and that is the greatest shmirah that you have. You stayed here, you stayed in yeshiva, you stayed to Steig. I honestly believe that is the greatest shmirah that you can possibly have in the world is staying to shtayk. And just like the world is right now sending packages to the soldiers, whether it's food, whether it's supplies, and it's a beautiful thing and they should continue to do so. Here in Yeshiva, we're waiting for our packages. We're waiting for the packages that Klal from around the world are going to send to the soldiers in the base Medrash, here in Eretz Yisrael, in Yerushalayim, who did not leave, who stayed here to Steig. We're also doing our Ishtadlis on the front, of the part, of learning, of of davening, and being mechazek ourselves in Yerushalayim and Yiddishkeit in general. We're waiting for our packages. Because we deserve no less, if not more, than what they're getting. We're waiting for our packages. Are we really making a difference? Is what we're doing actually accomplishing something? So we've all seen the videos, we've seen some of my own Talmud myself as well, that sent to the guys, that it's, and, and he said this clearly, Without your Tehillim, without your Torah, we would lose this war. That's what the soldier said. He understood and we understand that no, we cannot go out to the front lines to fight. But what we're doing here in the Beis Medrash is accomplishing the same thing, if not more. The Shmir is through Torah, Gemara, Makas, Taf, Yud. Rabbi said, what we're doing is the greatest thing in the world and every small thing that we do makes all the difference and we have no idea what we do can affect somebody else when you shteig in the Bitz Medrash when you show up to Shachris, when you're mechazik yourself in a Abraham, Birch HaSambot whatever it may be somebody else sees that and says I'm going to do the same thing and you're mechazik him if you're mechazik him who knows if you're mechazik other people who knows where that could lead I gave a simple shea here in the Bitz Medrash as you remember you were here you spoke a little bit about the Matzav about what we could do But what the soldiers want us to do, I got, I cannot tell you the responses that I got from people around the world, telling me whether it's someone who's in an office somewhere in Chutzah, it's told me that there's a guy in the office who's not even religious, he hasn't put on Tvinim, he decided after hearing he got a clip, I'm putting on Tvinim for the very first time. Somebody in the yeshiva told me that their brother, who hasn't put on Tvinim for years, heard the clip, he's putting on Tvinim for the very first time. A girl told me that she was doing something that she shouldn't be doing, I'm still stopping right now. I'm being machazik myself. We don't realize the small things that we do that can accomplish so much. And it can have a ripple effect. Not only to here and out to Israel, but around the world as well. And that's something that we have to realize. Every single thing we do, whatever we're ourselves in, can have a huge effect. lemaisa, Practically, physically, on what's going on over there in the south, in the north, around Eretz Yisrael, wherever we are, and of course, including where we are here. I spoke last night to one of the biggest trauma ex- experts here in Eretz Yisrael. The fact that she picked up the phone to me was a hedish. She's running around all over the country, dealing with some of the greatest traumas, some of the greatest problems. And she told me, amongst many, many things that we discussed, told me one story. That I don't want to share with you a story. She knows personally who it happened to. She said there was a boy, originally from Kiryat Sefer. Unfortunately, no longer religious, he bought tickets to go to the music festival. On Shabbos from Simchaz Toyah and Shemini Atzeres. He had tickets to go, him, and another 18 friends. 19, a group of 19, they bought tickets together, they were going to set up shop together over there. It was ready for an exciting time. His mother called him from Kiryat Sefer right before Shabbos. Not mom right before a few hours. She said, listen, I I, I can't do this. I I cannot go into Shabbos and Semchat Torah knowing that that's where you're going to be. Do me a favor. This is nothing to do with religion. This is nothing to do with Yiddishkeit. I'm not involved in Yiddishkeit. This is not a discussion of Hashem. This is not a discussion of Yiddishkeit. But just do it for me. If you love your mother, please come home. He wasn't sure what to do. He decided I'm coming home. I love my mother. She does everything for me. She means the world to me. I'm coming home he left his 18 friends and he went back to it safer. and he spent Shabbos over there he was completely drugged out he spent two days in bed when he woke up and they told him the news that his other 18 friends every single one of them was slaughtered not a single one left He, he, he couldn't comprehend the news he couldn't comprehend it she told me that till today, right now, he's walking around with the neck, with the bracelet that you get, the entry bracelet that you get, walking around saying, this is because, this is what the boy said, this is because I did the right thing. And he understood that doing the right thing saves lives. Rabbi said, every single one of us is doing the right thing. We're in Erit we're in a yeshiva, we're steiging. Let's be Mahazak ourselves, and I'll end with this. In the Yom Kippur War, Just 50 years ago, when the May Yeshiva was under attack amongst many places here in Yerushalayim, there was an air raid siren. The whole May Yeshiva went into the shelter. It was very, very dangerous. They had to go in. There were mummies being hit from all sides. And Rabchaim Shwelevitz went in together with the boys. And they were in there and they were hearing explosions and shaking. It was Gefer bad. Each one was to, to their own. Each one was saying his Tehillim or his Black Gemara. Whatever he was doing, each one was Isaac in his Avoider. There was a huge explosion. And they realized what it was. It was literally very close to the yeshiva. The yeshiva was saved. You can imagine the Simcha. They came back into the Medrash when everything was clear. And they came in with, 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 with Simcha. That the yeshiva was saved. Ah! The May Yeshiva was saved, it was Gavaldic. Rabbi Hanush Malevitz got up to the Bima, clapped on the Bima and said, Rabbi Yisai, everybody thinks that the May Yeshiva was saved. Why? Because of my to heal him, because of my davening, which could be, and i that everyone's to heal him and everyone's davening was Mitztarev, no Shaila. But, Rabbi Hanush Malevitz, I want to tell you my pshat why the May Yeshiva was saved. And perhaps this is a message for us and what we could do at these times. Rabbi Shulavid said that he was standing next to a woman that was in aguna for many, many years. And aguna is someone that her husband didn't give her a get. Which means she had no ability to get remarried. And she's stuck in that limbo state for years and years. The pain, the tsar of not being able to move on in life, of being stuck, is horrible. It's horrible. And Rabbi Khaim said, I heard her. And you know what she said? She said, I'm willing to be Mavata on all the pain that I've gone through, and all the sorrow that I've been through. Just save the Me Yeshiva, save the bachrim over here. So, that's what saved the Me Yeshiva. What saved the Me Yeshiva is a Yid. is someone that's able to go on and do something extra that's difficult, that's not easy. That saved them. Sai. every single one of us can think, we all know where we're holding. We know what we could do. A little bit of effort in Shmiri Seinayim. A little bit of effort in Kavonis and Brachas. In Negevossim and Sitzus and Tfilin. being careful what we say to others. Be careful what comes out of our mouths. Be careful what we look at. Be careful what we hear. That can change the world. That can have effects to people's lives. We're fighting the war right here. Within ourselves, inside every single one of us, in our avoidance Hashem, we are fighting the war. And the Eitzes Hashem, we daven for Mashiach, we daven for the Beis Hamikdash, we daven for the Gilad Shchina, and we should tucker daven for the Gilad and for the Beis Hamikdash and for Mashiach. Klal Yisrael needs Yeshua, but vice I think what can we do for Klal Yisrael from our own talent, Amis? and the Ezra Hashem is The give all of Klal Yisrael Yeshuas in the world. <laughs> To listen to more by Rabbi Avi Wiesenfeld, visit...